A date who also looks like his picture? Unexpected. At Blue Apron, we love the unexpected. With the kind of unexpected ingredients that lead you to discover something new, Blue Apron offers amazing recipes that also let you show off your skills. An at-home dinner date that goes incredibly well? Now that's unexpected. Blue Apron. Expect the unexpected. Visit blueapron.com unique and get $110 off across your first five deliveries plus free shipping off your first box. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. This is Karen with NewClevelandRadio.net, and it is time for Avoid the Maze. Now, my question to all of you who are listening, um, do you seem to be running in circles every single day? Do you have a task list that is bigger than the mile that you might even take your walk for the day? Because if it is, um, I think you're going to like my guest because we all need to slow down a little bit. And Wade Galt has a program out there that not only is it a program, but you also do podcasting, correct, Wade? And it encourages us all to take that three-day weekend. I'm not even sure what a one-day weekend is. So welcome to Avoid the Maze. And, and tell me a little bit about how did you even come up with this concept? Because... Um, our world says, uh, keep going, keep going. First of all, thank you so much for having me, Karen. I'm really excited to be here. So just in general for me, I'm blessed. My father is an entrepreneur and I grew up seeing that it was possible to create time freedom and to enjoy life. And I got to watch quite a few of his friends during a particular period of time where he and a few of his friends ended up making a lot more money than they anticipated in a, uh, a few year period of time. I got to see that money was simply an amplifier. The people who were happy got to enjoy some more luxurious experiences, but they were still happy. And the people who weren't fundamentally happy or enjoying life, and according to them, not according to my judgment, they really weren't happier. And so it became clear to me that the time investment in people, in activities, in causes we value most is the most precious investment we can make. And that money, yes, when done uh, properly or, or right or whatever the word is for that, yes, money can be a reflection of how much we contribute to the world, but it's not always so because there are people that work really, really hard and contribute tremendously in society and don't make as much. And there's people that make more and maybe they do or they don't. So for me, that experience that where we invest our time is so critical to what we want out of our relationships, what we want out of life, and that the money is actually can be very much a distraction. It's necessary as a currency, uh, but it can be a distraction if we if we lose sight. You know, it's interesting because as I hear you speak, I think to myself, even though um, I don't take what I'm picturing 
you're calling a three-day weekend, okay? Um, the things that I do in my life, um, I find joyous um, and I don't find them so-called tedious work. So maybe I am taking that three-day weekend without even realizing it. Here's what I would say is this. So there's, there's different reasons why people will be drawn towards something like this. Uh, for some people, it is very simple. They have children that are under, let's say, 15, and it becomes very clear that, well, there's this certain window of time that the kids are growing up and we can be really present with them and there's things we can experience with them that we simply won't get to experience later. And I think that for a lot of people is probably one of the biggest, most obvious guideposts or signs to say, okay, yes, I need to make time. When you combine that with the idea that usually if you're in a knowledge type economy job or experience economy or transformational economy, I know it's different people describe it in different ways right now, but long story short, as opposed to physical athletes who become less effective over their lifespan, usually because of decreased physical performance, usually we're going to become more effective. So we're going to make chances are more money later. And so the idea to think that you've got to hurry and, and crunch in all this experience and get all this money made now, or else, you know, something bad's going to happen. Most people, if they really examine that would say, well, actually, it's the opposite. If I continue to be a, a student of life and of business and learning, I'll do better. So for some people, it's the family. For other people, it's simply the idea that there's some sort of hobby that they used to do, uh, playing the drums, uh, surfing. In my case, it's beach volleyball is one of the main ones that we kind of put to the back and the back burner and say, okay, I'll do that when I retire. And we say, well, hold on, let me slow down and think about this. I'm now, especially if it's a physical activity, my physical capacity is diminishing year by year for the most part. So why would I wait till later to, to do that altogether? And then perhaps the other thing that to me really just catches my attention as somebody who does believe there's greater forces at play in the universe, I believe there's a God, I'm not selling it, but I happen to believe that there's so much going on on the planet. Yes. So if you're spending seven days a week or six days a week looking at a laptop or doing the same thing, you're just missing out. It's, it's not, it's not uh, it's bad or it's wrong, but you're probably missing out on something. And usually, if you're somebody like me who has a hard time turning the off switch, I need those days to be separate days. I don't do well at doing, and most entrepreneurs don't do well at doing well half day on and I'm gonna do a half day. Cause then later in the second half of the day, I'm still thinking about what I did earlier. Right. Or if my work is in the second half of the day, even almost worse, the whole time I'm, I'm playing, I'm thinking about what I have to do. So I'm never fully present. Um, so for me, the schedule very much enables me to as the saying goes, be where my feet are and, and be present with where I am, the people in front of me, whether that's a client, whether that's a podcast host, whatever it might be. Uh, but to also then when I'm in front of my family and friends to also be present as well. So before we came online, I mentioned to you, you know, I've been a workaholic since I was 14 years old. Um, you know, my parents, when I was 14, you're old enough to babysit. And then it was like, now you're 16 and you can babysit and you can work at the, you know, five and dime or whatever. And, you know, I did those things. And um, I'm in the beginning, I didn't do it so much as to make money as it was to um, find that development in myself. You know, did I have that work ethic? 
Uh, where was I going to go in my future? Because I was one of those young kids that, you know, I, I just wanted to be like everybody else around me, but I didn't even know what that meant. And so, uh, you know, I just kept doing and I was pleasing my parents. And then I realized as I got older, the more I worked, either I was pleasing my parents, my husband, my children, uh, my boss. And it was 10 years ago that I finally said, whoa, when does Karen get to be pleased? Um, and I didn't do it in the quite the same way that you do it. Um, because I've realized that um, I can com compartmentalize, but it's not like I'm really good at taking a full day away. So what do you tell a client like myself who says, you know what, I really want to learn it, but I'm afraid I'm going to miss out on something. Sure. So first of all, you are going to miss out on something. And, but more importantly, you're already missing out on something. You're missing out on chances are what it's like to have a two or three day weekend where you get to in a positive way, disconnect from work, forget what you do for a living and be fully present to other dimensions of life. So it's not so much that you're missing out on depth of something, you're missing out, chances are, on breadth of experience in life. Also, in general, when people are taking more time than they need to do things, very often you're just simply perhaps not being as impactful and as effective at what you're doing. So there's that idea that we'll you know, make work fill the space. So that's something that happens. In my experience, there's usually a few reasons why people who can create a three-day weekend, like they're entrepreneurs and they have the ability, they're making enough money where at least they could make the ends meet financially and say, yeah, okay, sure. I can do this. There's a few reasons why they don't do it. Sometimes it's as simple as they just haven't even thought about it. I had one friend who said, Wade, I thought so much about my business and creating the income I want. I've been an entrepreneur 10 years and it never occurred to me that it would be a variable to say, well, when do I want to work? Uh, so there's sometimes that. The second thing is sometimes people really do love their work, but I'd suggest that just as athletes develop by being cross-trained, just as podcast hosts get developed by learning different conversations and sure. different topics, when you are more multidimensional, you can connect with people more easily. It actually does help business. And it also just allows you to experience different parts of life. So there's part of that sort of myth to say that me focusing on one thing means I'm going to completely get better at, as opposed to some balance of focus and then rest somewhere else. Uh, some people don't realize all the research that supports the very simple idea that if we don't give our brain a day or two off, it doesn't get the chance to do processing. Uh, so for example, when we sleep, if we get good sleep, our brain ties up a lot of loose ends. And I'm not a sleep expert, so I'll say this at a very low level okay. of confidence. But it ties up a lot of right. things. It, it, it makes connections and ideas. It literally actually does these things. It reorganizes information, kind of like a computer does. And then over a weekend, there's that space where you know, some of my best ideas, I will write down ideas over the weekend for sure. I will sometimes get ideas. Sometimes I'll even spend 15, 20 minutes and, and, and write down this idea that just came up because there was clarity. There was room in my mind for it to happen. And then the other two areas I find where people don't do it is one, they do measure themselves by this story of the hustling entrepreneur. And I would simply suggest that if I'm going to cut somebody's grass, 
they're paying me for the grass to be cut, the result. They don't care if I use the scissors or a lawnmower. And this idea that if I worked harder, that in some way it's more valuable, if I were to be insulting, I'd say it's stupid. <laughs> if I were to be a little more you know, nice about it, I'd say, well, that just doesn't seem to make sense because a person's not going to pay you more to right. say, well, you cut it with your... So really, what are you, you know, I'd, what, what are you afraid of or what are you, what's this sort of image that you're trying to keep up with? And then the more sometimes perhaps painful or somewhere in between there is the person that simply has had a lot of pain in their life and doesn't want to think about it. And so slowing down, and I'm talking, you know, people that have, let's say, abuse or different things that have gone in their sure. life where they'd rather just keep working because put simply, if you have a weekend and you have 24 hours, 48 hours, 72 hours off, you're going to start to, you know, have more stuff going on here and you're going to get clear about maybe things that aren't the way you'd like to be in your life, whether it be a relationship that's not the way you want, whether it be a business or a personal or whatever it might be. So a lot of the times people are more scared of the changes that could come. Sure. And, you know, from that perspective, that's just something that's, that's just life in general, just because you take a three day weekend. I mean, usually it's going to, it's going to get to you somehow. I love what Wayne Dyer says. He says, there's certain classes in life you have to take and you can either sign up from when you want, or they can just show up when you're, exactly. <laughs> when you're not expecting them. Yep. So, so yeah. And, and truthfully, I understand that because that's what happened to me 10 years ago. Um, I was in corporate America and my determination was to be the best that I could be. Um, I was paid for basically 40 hours a week. And I thought I was such a terrific person that I was working 70 hours a week. Um, did I love what I was doing? Absolutely did love what I was doing. And so I made excuses because I love this. This is where I want to be. I don't need to be on the beach. I don't need to be reading a book, you know? And when it all collapsed, it was like, now who am I? And so when I started reading about you and your program, it was like, this is really important. So we, ha we have to, I, I love that analogy that, you know, when you take that time, you're sort of like emptying your brain and you're saying, it's okay to go look at the sun now. It's okay to take a deeper breath. Um, boy, I can laugh at my kids, you know, because they're goofing off. They're not bothering me while I'm working. It just changes everything. So, you know, how would you, again, you know, if I came to you and I said, but wait, I've been doing this for 40 years. I don't know how to change. Is there like a step-by-step? -step? There's a few different ways you can do it. I always prefer that whatever you do is something you feel comfortable with. And maybe a little, a little. I mean, of course, if, if we're completely comfortable, we don't change. So there's going to be some discomfort in trying something new. But kind of like the idea of working out if you want to eventually do 50 push-ups a day, it's probably wiser to say, okay, for this month, I'm going to do five push-ups every day. And then next month, I'm going to graduate to 10. And, and you know whatever that path looks like that's steady. So the simple path can be something as simple as saying, I'm currently working 40 hours a week. And let's say in a year, I want to get to 28 hours a week. And each week, each, each month, excuse me, I'm going to work one less hour per week. So next month, I'm going to work 39 hours a week. I'm going to track it and I'm going to see where my time goes. 
and I'm going to stop at 39 hours. And at 39 hours, there'll still be stuff that I didn't get done. And what I'll need to do, if, if one of the things that we find works really well, is to then come in Monday, or whatever your first day of the week is, and then say, okay, what didn't you get done? How much of it mattered or didn't matter? And then, and or what other things did you do the previous week that maybe didn't matter as much that maybe you should have, if this was something, if you didn't get to something that was very important, which we sometimes do, we'll, we'll save those things to last instead of putting right. first. And we set ourselves up for this nice, longer, extra time. And so it can be, it can be something that's very mechanical. The challenge is we have to have that reason why. So there's this idea that as entrepreneurs we're sold, especially if you're in the corporate world, more of the maybe not the manip maybe it's somewhat manipulative or the, the world that 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 wants to just keep working you as sure. as as a as a cog in a machine you're sold on the idea that Karen you're so important you're so important if you go man the whole company's just going to fall apart <laughs> right. and we all know that's nonsense right. because we've seen somebody that left and we're like oh my gosh John and then like Whoop. why because corporations and it's not a bad thing they're meant to be like life's like that somebody dies yes we mourn them for a while we move on Corporations maybe or maybe don't, you know, don't mourn as much. But so overall, if we have this, and it's not a truly inflated sense of self, because truly, you know, most of the times when we're trying to act like we're bigger than we are, it's because of insecurity. If we really understand our place, we'd say, okay, when I leave, it's gonna be fine and the world will go on. But if I can't handle that, then I need to be there those 70 hours. I need to prove to everybody, and I need to prove myself or maintain this story right. that I'm so important. It's it's like the mother or the father that's doing things for the kids at 15 that the kid could have done five years ago because the parents can't adapt to that new changing role that now at 15, it's more of, okay, I'm here kind of, I'm over here on the side, but I'm not front and center for you. And maybe I get less positive reinforcement with that. I get told by my kid, yeah, I need you right now, but no, I don't. And then one minute I really need you and, and, and whatnot. So just overall, the first thing that has to happen is have some sort of insight of, well, what am I missing out on? And if you're not sure, and if you have people around you who care about you, ask them. Say, tell me something. If you could, you know, just as a person to person, let's assume I could make the same amount of money. And let's assume I'd be happy with my work. Would you like to see me work less? Or, or and or you know, what do you think we could do differently? What activities could we do that maybe we're not doing? What might we be or I be missing out on? Because if I'm only concerned on what I'm missing out on at work, I'm missing the possibility that there might be other things I could be experiencing. And not so much from a FOMO or a fear standpoint, but just to say, it could be more, it could be better. And so to ask a better question, would it be possible for me to still impact a lot of people with the work I do and have time to be present with family and friends and exercise or do hobbies or whatever? And not so much exercise like chores, but do the stuff that you used to do when you're a teenager. Most of us would still love to do what we did that was fun when we were a teenager, uh, whether it's an activity or an exercise or whatever it might be, socializing, sports, and look to do how much can I do that? And so again, basically to ask a better question of how is it possible to have them both happen, the and question, as opposed to limiting yourself by some belief that you can only be one or the other. Well, and how interesting your comments just were because it was my youngest son um, who was going to college where I was working. And he one day walked into my office and he said, why are you so miserable? And I looked at him and I said, well, I'm not. 
and we got in this argument because I knew he was reading me like a book. And he said, I don't want you to work here anymore. And it was like, well, wait a second. My pay helps you go to college here for free. And I had to, and I had to think about it. And it took me a while. Um, and his last semester, I was no longer there because we just had to work it out and say, look at you were right. This was wrong. I needed to make some changes. Um, but it took somebody else on the outside seeing it more than me because I really, not that I felt that I was indispensable, but I wanted the acknowledgement that I was worth something. And so every extra hour I put in, I thought I would get it. And of course you don't. Well, and the other thing too, is I think a lot of the times we overestimate how big, or we have a need to be in some way famous or validated on a larger stage than our own families or our own small communities. And yet the people who value you the most very often are the immediate people in your life. And so it goes back to that conversation of if I had to choose between being a hero to millions of, of, of readers or coaching clients or to my two children, if I'm aware of that conversation, I would choose my two children. Now, I don't think it's an either or. I think you can do both. But I think it might not be millions. My experience is you still focus on what's most important and you do your work. And if your work is meant to impact millions, it will. If it's meant to impact thousands or hundreds, it will. And we all know the story of the teacher or the custodian or the person in the restaurant who has a less recognized position that simply comes up and shows up and serves and they're happy and they have good family relationships. You say, gosh, they're, they're like some of the most successful people in the world, except they're not getting the recognition and no, they're not getting paid the same way. And in some cases, it might be that maybe they could have used a better education entrepreneurially or business-wise on how to make more money. Or sometimes it's just they're, they're content with where they are and, and they're doing what they're doing. Or as a teacher, it's a very unique type of vocation where you can't really replicate it per right. se. You can, you can be a corporate trainer, but it's not the same thing. And neither are good nor bad. They're, they're just very different. Right. And so a lot of this is getting back to the clarity to say, am I important enough to enjoy things the way I'd like? And then if that means my income has to go down, what are those things? Let me really, rather than making this a, the sky is falling sort of situation, what actually would I have to shift? And does it really matter? Do I, you know, do I drive a slightly less expensive car? Do I have a few less outings? Or is it that I literally, no, I can't live where I can live. You know, there might be things that are bigger issues where you have to do them more slowly. So a lot of it for me, again, the shift is about making it something that you can adjust to. And then there's two specific ways in general, uh, there's, there's a lot of nuance in between, but if you're the entrepreneur and you have control over your time, then it is look about looking at what are those activities that create and generate not just impact results, but also income results for you, because those are the ones we have to do. Because if it creates impact, but no income, then that's more like a hobby, uh, or, or at least it might be something that's leading to income later, but we all still have to pay, pay bills today. So for the entrepreneur, it's, it is more about taking inventory about what is, again, actually the highest impact, highest income work, and seeing how we can reduce some of the other work to make time. If you're an employee, it's about looking at what is that contribution? What is that result 
that I could help get for the business that maybe they would be open to letting me work less days. So I tried to do this 20 years ago and the corporate world wasn't ready for it. I worked right. for a large corporation. I still work with a lot of their associates, great corporation. And the simple answer was, Wade, we're not ready for this right now. Uh, we, we just can't do this because if you do it, everybody else is going to do it and you might be able to get results and maybe other people can't, no problem. Today, especially since what's happened with working from home and virtually in COVID and all these different things, more and more it's been less about, you know, how do you look in the office to what results are you actually getting, whether you're at home, whether you're in the office. And so I remember once I asked an entrepreneur friend who's a very open-minded guy, I said, tell me something. I said, if your employees could get five days worth of results in four days, would you pay them for five days? And he said, yeah. Well, he said, well, Wade, you know what? In an ideal world, if I knew they could always get those results, yes. He said, but people are unpredictable. He says, so, and he just shift, made a slight shift. He says, tell me they can get me six days worth of results in four days, and yes, I'll pay them for five. Like, in other words, make it worth it for me too. So if they gain something, they gain some time freedom, I gain some extra. So a lot of this as the employee is to say, what is the measurement? So if you do haircuts, that might be a simple one. Or if there's some simple one measurable that generates income, sure. that might be easier. In other businesses, it's not as easy to know. In fact, the supervisor or the company owner might not even know. But it's to say, look, if I can generate even a little bit more revenue, let's say 10% more revenue or 20% more revenue than normally is generated in a one-week time period, could I create a situation where then I could start working less? And rather than making this be a promise, if I make this completely about, uh, you know, all about me and I say, well, you have to promise me and if you don't, I'm leaving. Well, that's a very childish way to approach a job situation and you're really kind of squeezing the employer and chances are they're not going to respond well. If on the other hand, you say, well, hey, let's try something. How about every month that I get such and such result, which is the equivalent of four weeks, you know, five, like a full month's worth of results, that the next month I can have one Friday or two Fridays or all Fridays off. Let's ease our way into this the same way we would as an individual and let's see where we can get because ultimately what's going to happen for the employer, why this is a good thing, is the employer is going to keep and make happier one of their better employees. They're going to have that person perform at a higher level. They're going to demonstrate to others it can be done. They're going to reduce employee turnover, which is a huge cost for employers. And they're going to start attracting other people of that level because that person is going to tell their friends, hey, I'm able to do this over here. So there's definitely something in it for everybody. It simply needs to be an adult conversation because otherwise, um, if you do it too fast, then you're just sort of fooling yourself. If as an entrepreneur, and I, I did this a couple of times where I just, I basically took Fridays off for an extended period of time, but I didn't fix my productivity in my business model. I didn't reduce tasks. So when I came back, there was just this hangover of paperwork or work that I didn't get done. I just kind of changed instead of two weeks of vacation in a row, it was like, okay, 10 weeks, one Friday off, there needs to be some sort of shift to then say, okay, yes, I can now increase my productivity. Uh, and of course, at the same time, look at my expenses, because it might even be at the, when I was looking in this company I was working with, I only needed about 80% of my income. So I said, I'll work four days, will you pay me the 80% of my income? In other words, will you keep my hourly income the same? And a lot of people couldn't do that. If they were offered and the employer said, hey, you know what, right now, expenses are tight with COVID. We're not sure what's going on. We don't want to lose you because we've put so much into you. Uh, we don't want you going somewhere else, but we can't afford to keep five of you at five days a week. We'd love to keep you know, five of you at four days a week. Can you handle that income-wise? And many people can't 
And that would have been their one chance to say, hey, let me do this and let me kind of lock it in. So a lot of it is that balance of what we can afford as well. And certainly as an entrepreneur, if you can afford less, well, then you don't have to hustle as many days. Absolutely. And as I listen to all this, you know, it takes me back over the years um, and makes me actually look forward to what I still can do. Um, as I mentioned to almost everybody on all my podcasts, um, I wear two hats on the weekends. I am a corporate trainer um, in a retail chain. Um, and initially I was hired to do X amount of hours. And I started doing that. And I went back to them and I said, you're wasting your money and my time. And as much as I want to make that money, I do. But standing around, not being able to train because customers are coming into your store. Like, what are we doing here? So we came up with a model and the model was that you have this eight hours, you can do it in, but these are the things that need to get done. And sometimes I go in for two hours, I leave and I come back. Sometimes I stay all the way through. Sometimes after two hours, I leave. But overall in that month, everything gets accomplished and gets accomplished efficiently. Um, in the beginning, uh, people didn't like it because they thought I was taking advantage. Oh, you're working two hours and you're getting the rest of the day off. And on those days, you're right, I did. But the following week may have been, you know, no, no real customers coming in, more training to do, more employees around. And I was there for the eight hours. So I think some of the things you're talking about is that we as entrepreneurs, as employees, we have to find out what we are really good at and how it's going to help the company so that we can, I don't like using more take advantage, but in some ways take advantage of the opportunities that are out there. When I just say optimize, because it's for both people, because okay. a couple things, number one, the simple fact that you were to say to them, and you know, as a trainer, any trainer knows, eight hours straight of training isn't always the most effective thing. There, it might be little follow-ups, little check-ins. Hey, here's my email or here's my text. Let me know. Because learning moments pop up at different times. Sometimes it's the middle of the week and somebody is now remembering something and ideal trainer would say, well, gosh, you should have listened during my class, but they might've said, you know what? I grasped this much and I at least remember that, okay, I need to call Wade if this situation presents itself. And so I call Wade and Wade gives me that information just in time on a Tuesday or whatever it might be. And then now they're getting the results. So when there is a results focus, then you realize, yes, it might be time that you have some audio materials that they can listen to on repeat because maybe they can't remember everything you said. There's so many different things you can do. But if you're in that results conversation, what you're also doing is helping that employer to say, okay, look, there are certain things that I as a trainer can do. And there's certain amounts of combination of excitement, energy, discipline, competence, commitment that a person, the employee needs to bring. And I can't make that happen. I'm not magical. I'm simply somebody that, that teaches things. So what are some ways that we can create a curriculum that makes this happen where in the long run, or in fact, to look at it from a different perspective, rather than 
you needing me to work at one location, maybe if we get this down, I could help you two or three locations at the same investment to you. And then maybe we have some incentive for me that if they get certain results. So in other words, again, looking, I'm looking out for you. I'm also looking out for me. So there's this balance. And then also, if I were in that situation, I'd say, let's include in the conversation employee turnover, because maybe some of what I'm doing is reducing the employee turnover rate. And if that's reducing costs, and, and if you're an employee, by the way, the idea of you simply leaving a job that you're good at, not even great at, good at, is going to cost the employer anywhere from one and a half to two times your salary to replace you for at least, wow. let's say, three to four months or six months to train. Because think about it. If you know you leave a job, you're gone. Now they need somebody to do that job. So they've got to pay that pay person the base salary. There's always another 50%-ish in cost, the cost of the chair, the, the computer, the you know, people just call it the cost of the right. chair. And then somebody else has to train you. And while that somebody else is training you, they're not selling. So there's it's just huge cost. And then if you're in a, as the owner of the business, it's also just annoying. Like we can't make new progress. We can't start that new initiative now because now I've got another newbie and I've got to get back to square one. So as the employee, it's not so much that you have this manipulative negotiating power, but you simply have the sense of if you understand what you're worth and if you are worth that, if you are, and if you're not sure, ask your employer, hey, how do I size up as far as, you know, am I in the, you know, am I doing what I should be doing? Am I doing a little bit more, a little bit less? And if an employer won't answer those questions in the long run, you're probably better off going somewhere else because they are, then you're never going to perhaps get that opportunity. Right. On the other hand, as an employer, how awesome it is a, a person comes to you and says, hey, how can I do this better? How can I make sure that I'm getting you the results you need? And then whatever X is, whatever needs to get done in five days, I'd like to help you get 20% more than that. That's awesome. Okay, well, if I can get more than that, I'd also like to be able to have it done in a way where I'm working less. So the practical application of that might be, so there's no risk to you. I'd like to work four days a week on the same hourly, but then I'd like to have the ability to earn back that fifth day a week or more of income by certain performance incentives. And so hold me accountable to results. That's exactly what employers who are competent want to hear. And even if they don't know what it is, then you say, okay, well, let's, let's figure that out. I'm happy to help you. If you're that person and you're not welcomed again, you're probably in the wrong place. Right. In most cases, they're going to say something like, we don't know. They might not tell you. It's a little scary. Like you said, when somebody sure. does something different, but at the same time, you're opening a possibility. And if you help them understand that you understand that there's employee turnover costs, that, that there's results they need to get, that they're being held accountable, whether they're the owner themselves and they're being held accountable by their clients or they're a supervisor and they're being held accountable by somebody else. If you can have that kind of adult conversation as an entrepreneur uh, or as a business person, it's hard for a person to just dismiss you. So you have a website that I was out earlier today and you have a number of programs out there. So how would somebody determine which is the right program for them? Sure. So there's two main websites I have that are not in the insurance agency industry. So I have, I do work in the insurance agency industry and I have specific websites for that. But aside from those, uh, wadegalt.com is where I have different courses as an author. I have courses on uh, one called 30 day growth club about how you create a, just a regular once a month doing something that's new and helping you change uh, that can be awesome. So if you're just looking for change in your life and you're looking to say, Hey, I just want to adapt or adopt something new sure. each month that might be great. 
Uh, there's a couple of the courses that are more spirituality focused. And if that's what you're looking for to more incorporate uh, your work in your spirituality uh, and vice versa, uh, or into your life, that those courses are good for that. And then if you're looking to more create a three-day weekend type lifestyle, then there are two specific courses, one that's called the three-day weekend game plan. And that is really, it's a maybe a 20 or 30 minute course just to help you see what could, like, how could this work? What would the math look like? And then in addition to that, there's a course called the three-day weekend um, apprentice. And that talks about just looking at how you make the most of what you already have before you even go somewhere, before you even get a job somewhere else or change jobs, say, how do you make the most of the relationships you already have? the free time you already have, the money you already have, the material possessions you already have. Because if you don't make the most of those as an employee, what's to say you're going to make most of them as an employer? I mean, as an entrepreneur, sure. if you don't make the most of them as a six day a week entrepreneur, why would you do it as a four day a week entrepreneur? You're still going to be perhaps wasting. It's the whole idea of if somebody, if you already waste the money you have, or you already overspend, when you make more money, you'll probably overspend again. So uh, there's different ways to do that. And then just overall, there's a community called Three Day Weekend Club. Uh, and in there has a little bit of each of these pieces and just a community of people striving to create this type of a lifestyle or a similar lifestyle. You might say, I want to work the days that my kids are in school. And so that might be Monday to Friday during the school year. It's still a basic premise, whether or same concept, whether you're specifically uh, going for three days or whatnot, but to look at how do I create results as an, either an employee, an entrepreneur, a freelancer, a side hustler, an executive, whatever the exact role is, and make that happen. And so uh, a good part, at least half of the content in the three-day weekend club is available for free. So people can just go there and, and register for that and get started with that um, and go from there if they like. And tell us a little bit about your podcast. Sure. The three-day weekend entrepreneur is a podcast where I interview guests, primarily uh, entrepreneurs who are either already doing the three-day weekend type lifestyle or a four-day work week, or they're doing a specific piece of the puzzle very well uh, that allows them to then you know, comment on that specific piece, whether it's um, time management or, or you know, marketing or sales or whatever it might be. And although the name implies it's primarily for entrepreneurs, it's really entrepreneurial thinking. So if a person is an employee and says, hey, that would still be helpful to help me think in that way, and think more expansively, more open-minded, uh, then that can be very helpful as well. So what our listeners have to understand is that if this is something they really want to do, it's like anything else in your life, you have to make the time to do it. Um, and as I'm listening to you, it's reminding me of things that my husband said to me 10 years ago, which I am slowly starting to do now. And I look at my calendar and typically Fridays, I don't book anything. Um, you know, if all of a sudden he's called out because he typically only works five days a week, but if he's called out on a job on a Friday, you know, and something comes up for me, I haven't been really good at saying no, but I need to because even my alone time would be, very refreshing for me. So it's like going on a diet, um, like starting exercise, um, deciding to have a family, you have to make choices. Absolutely. And for me, the simplest thing is to find out there's a simple exercise we do, which is what would you do with 50 Fridays off? What if you would you do if you had you know every Friday off for the rest of the year and or for a year straight? 
And it doesn't have to be 50 different things. In my case, I like to play beach volleyball. So I'm at the beach on Fridays. Sometimes my wife comes to hang out. Sometimes she doesn't. We do other things in the afternoon. But you have to have that sense of, again, what are you missing out on? In my case, if I work on a Friday, and sometimes I do because something comes up or a project or I missed a deadline, then that's my opportunity cost is a time thing. I'm missing out on Friday at the beach with my friends. Now, in my case, if it happens to pour on a Friday, and in my case, mine's an outdoor activity, sometimes I'll just do quiet time. Sometimes I'll hang out with my wife. She doesn't work on on Fridays. Uh, sometimes I will get some work done and then... You know, so there's there's a flexibility to it, but overall, there's got to be something. The same way, if you're preparing for vacation, and you say I'm going to be gone for two weeks, and you you cram and you get stuff done, and then you leave, and then you come back, and it's, it's fine. And some things explode while you're gone, and there are many explosions, and you come back and fix them, or you don't, or whatever. And life goes on. It's the same concept. If you can decide and start out and say, okay, for the next three months, I'm going to at least have Sundays completely off, no computers, no emails, no nothing that relates to work at all. Stuff's closed. And then three months later, I'm going to say, I'm going to have Saturdays and Sundays off or whatever it might be. And then just work in that direction. But don't just create an empty space and do nothing with it. Plan something so that then there will be something and schedule things and commit to things with your family. Like, yeah, we're going to do this to where you'll say, oh, gosh, well, then now I'd have to be, you know, going back on a commitment for something that chances are isn't that important. And of course, you can always be flexible. If something huge comes up, you could do sure, that. Absolutely. Um, but still allowing yourself to more intentionally plan in your life, the same way you put intention to say, here's how I want to plan my work life, putting that level of attention to your personal life. So hustling for the four days uh, to create a great uh, impact for people and a great work life, and then hustling or relaxing on the other three days to create a great personal life. I think it's a great idea. And you know what? Let's start taking the baby steps and going forward. Uh, we will put all your information in the show notes. So those of you who are listening and you say, what did he say the website was? How can I reach him? You'll be able to do it. Just look at the show notes. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to follow up with you. And uh, I'm going to have to let you know uh, what day or part of the day I'm going to start working on taking off because uh, you know what life goes by too quickly and uh, it's time to start enjoying the things around us so I want to thank you very much and uh, enjoy Friday off playing beach volleyball thank you so much for having me sure bye-bye now take care <laughs>